0: Today's reading is from Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 34. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. "'Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, "'and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, "'all your soul, all your mind, and all your strengths. "'The second is equally important. "'Love your neighbour as yourself. "'No other commandment is greater than these.' "'The teacher of religious law replied, "'Well said, teacher. "'You have spoken the truth by saying "'that there is only one God and no other.' and I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions.
1: Now, if uh, perhaps... To remind you, but also for one or two visitors, uh, last week we began thinking as a church about our purpose, about why why church, not not what we do or how we do it, but why do we do what we do. And I just wanted to. It's been a bit of a weird week uh, this week, but um, I was just looking at what we thought about last week, and I just wanted to share a few a few thoughts following on from our discussion. So, so last week we started looking and talking about our purpose as a church, why we do what we do. Uh, We can talk a lot about what we do as a church. We could talk about how we do it. But if we don't know why we do it, then what's the point? If we do know why, if we know our purpose, then we can think properly about what we're doing and how we're doing it. Now, this is all based, of course, on the belief that God has put his church in this world for a reason. God is a God of purpose. And God therefore has a goal to what he's doing. uh, A reason, a why for what God does in the world. And the church we believe exists as part of that for that reason, that purpose of God in the world. That was the Bible puts it, uh, the aim of God, that God's will be done. We pray that. And that's what we're thinking about. What is God's purpose, God's will that He is doing in this world? Because we as a church profess to be part of that. So we need to know what it is. By the way, it's also a very important thing to think about just humanly speaking, because purpose, the, the why of what we do, is what drives us most as human beings. We know that. We've even looked at brain scans and we can see the bits of your brain that are engaged in decision making, our energy, our decisions. Our priorities, our actions are shaped more than anything by our purpose, the, the why of our existence. So we need to know what our purpose is as a church. And it is good, I think, to keep remembering and reminding ourselves of it. Now, we, we sat around tables last Sunday and all had a discussion about this two things seem to emerge from our discussions last week i was i've laid out on the floor in the lounge at home i laid out all that you'd written down and had a look and there were two things that emerged and they were helped weren't there as we looked at a few bible verses together with it um all the tables seem to agree that our purpose as a church um uh is kind of double pronged we so we have a purpose For ourselves as a community here in as a church but also a purpose towards the wider world around us we could say we have an inward purpose as a church and an outward purpose Uh, there's a reason in other words for what we do when we get together and gather as Christians but there's also then a reason for what we go out and do in our daily lives as Christians in our wider community so so there were these two aspects to our purpose here are some of the things that you wrote down on those bits of paper last week. So firstly, and, and by the way, everything you wrote could be put into those two categories, What we, the reason for what we do when we gather and the reason for what we do when we go out. Firstly, in terms of why we gather, uh, we said uh, Jesus is at the centre and we gather together around him in order to encourage one another on our journey, to learn, to pray, to support, to worship and praise God, to build each other up, to sing, to be fed spiritually, to love one another, to welcome, to care, to challenge. Uh, One of the children put to play with our friends, which I thought was great, Uh, to be accountable, to be a support network, uh, to challenge, to be taught from the Bible, to strengthen each other, to keep each other following Jesus, to be a spirit-filled community, (laughs) which is filled by Jesus Christ. So those are some of the things you wrote down about what is our purpose as, of gathering together as a church. Secondly, this is some of the things you wrote down in terms of why we then are sent out into the world as a church. We, you wrote down that we go out to be Jesus in the world, to be his body on earth, to make a difference, to be a visible presence of light in our community, to be salt and light, to give an alternative and better philosophy on life, to proclaim the gospel, to promote God's rule, to be an influence on society, to look out for others, to witness to God's love, to practically demonstrate God's love through us. To make Jesus known to the world, we go out to show God's love to all, to welcome others into God's church, to walk through life with people, to shine as lights in dark places, God put us here for such a time as this. Uh, The church is the window for the world. We go out to encourage all people to love one another, to bring people together, to glorify God, to help people, give people opportunity to know God, to love the surrounding area by loving our neighbor. So that's what you wrote down about the why, the, the church's purpose out there in our local community, for all human beings, for all the world around us. Okay. So as, we, as I said, we have these two directions to our purpose. We come together to then go out. We gather around Jesus and all that that means for us so that we can then go out and share Jesus with those around us. We, we come here to feed, don't we, on Jesus Christ, but we do so so that we can then go out and fill the world with the love of Jesus. And I think those two things are really important to keep in focus as a church. We gather and we go, all right? We gather and we go. Now that double purpose brought to my mind all sorts of passages in the Bible that also talk about these two aspects of of why God's doing this church thing that he's doing. It's about our own relationship with God, but also our relationship with those around us. Uh, now, you, of course, this was exactly what Jesus did. What did Jesus do in the Gospels? Firstly, he gathered disciples to himself so that they could learn and be taught, they could follow, they could grow as his disciples. But then, particularly after he'd risen from the dead, Jesus said to them, go out and make more disciples now. Uh, and an incredible passage. I, I love what Jesus said in John 20 after he'd risen. He said, as the father sent me, So I am now sending you. That's really a lot to think about. You know, yes, so as disciples, we gather around Jesus for ourselves to learn from him and grow, but we are also sent out into the world by Jesus to be and to do the same kind of things that God sent him into the world to be and do. Incredible. Now there's one passage that I wanted to just look at briefly today because I think it brings together again these two, this twin emphasis Uh, and this passage Jesus says those two things gathering and going are inseparable and they have always Jesus says been what God wants for human life so I'm going to read this and it's it's Matthew's account of what Mary read earlier so this is Matthew 22 and I'll read verses 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees the Pharisees got together one of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two Commands. So in Matthew 22, an expert in the Bible basically means an expert in the Bible asked Jesus, What's the greatest commandment in the law, which means the scriptures? And what's the most important thing God has told us to do? What's God's highest pri- priority and purpose that He gives to us as human beings and a human race? I wonder how we would have answered that, by the way. I don't know. The Jews uh, identified hundreds and hundreds of commandments in the Bible. So it was quite a big question. Perhaps we would think of one of the Ten Commandments and pick one of them. But actually, Jesus doesn't pick one of the Ten Commandments. What he does is he takes two commandments from elsewhere in the Bible, and he says these two commands are inseparable. They go together, and together these two sum up Everything else that God says to us about our lives, all the law and the prophets, he says, hang on these two commands. What that means is everything else in the scriptures is anchored into this desire of God that we will love him and that we will love our neighbor as ourselves. By the way, in the New Testament, Paul takes this up. Romans 13, he says, whoever loves loves others has fulfilled the law. Whatever other commands they may be, they are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So that's what Paul said in Romans 13. In a similar way, everything else is summed up in these commands to love. Now, this what this means then is that if we are thinking about our purpose, and if we want our purpose as a church to be in line with God's purpose for the world, God's will, then this is it, Jesus says. It is love, love towards God, and love towards others, our neighbour. Jesus says that sums up all the other things God says to us. Everything God instructs us to do is with this aim that the world will be shaped by love for God and love for one another. Even I, oh, you could say, well, but what, what about you know? What about the cross and the resurrection? Well, I would say even even Jesus's birth. And life, Jesus' death for our sins, Jesus' resurrection for our new life, all of that was towards this end that God has in mind to, to demonstrate his love and to make us a new people, forgiven, made new, so that we will then go out and love one another as he has loved us. God wants the human race to be made new, and he says that happens through his love for us and through our response of loving him and loving our neighbor. Now, in fact, Jesus says even more in this passage in Matthew 22. He quotes these two love commands, and he links them in quite a striking way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, he says. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he says this, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, when he says the second is like it, the word like comes from a word meaning together or even the same Uh, what he's saying is these are two different commands but in a sense they're both the same they're they're the same thing they're they're very alike they have to go together loving God and loving others always go together they are part of the same thing Jesus is saying they're inseparable they are two sides of one coin we cannot love God without loving others And indeed, when we do love our neighbor, that is what it means to love God in practice. Now, if you're not sure about what I have just said there, let me read you a few passages from elsewhere. So later on in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 25, Jesus gives a parable. And this parable pictures God as a king saying to his subjects, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger And you invited me and I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick, you look after me. I was a prisoner, you came to visit me. And when in this parable, the people then say, when did we do this for you, our king? The king, God, says, whatever you did for the least of one of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. In other words, that parable tells us that our actions of love towards other people are simultaneously acts of love towards God. Loving God and loving neighbor, Jesus says, they're like the same thing. How do we love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind and our strength? One of the main things is by loving our neighbor. The two commands go together. Listen to how 1 John 4 puts the two together. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love, sorry whoever claims to love God but hates their brethren is a liar for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen they cannot love God whom they've not seen and God has given us this command anyone who loves God must also love their brethren. Now what I want us to see here is that these two aspects of our purpose as a church that we talked about and that clearly came out of everything that you wrote down. These two aspects, to grow in our own relationship with God and then to go out into the world to make a difference for God. They are inseparable, those two things, our own growth and our mission to the world. You can't have one without the other. You can't love God without love for neighbor, Jesus says. The two commands are like one command. The first is like together with the same as the second, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and together with it, love your neighbor as yourself. We could think of it like this you know, how do we actually express our love for God as Christians? Well, there may be lots of ways that we can do that, and that we do do that. We do it through praise. We are we've done that this morning. We do it, we express our love for God by just telling Him, We love you, Lord. Uh, we do it through our prayers. We do it through listening to what God has to say to us. Those are all ways that we express our love for God, and there are many more as well. But these passages are telling us that perhaps above all else, we actually show our love for God by how we live and treat one another, by loving our neighbor. Why? Because that's what God wants most for us. He loves us, and this is what he wants for us. This is his great command, Jesus said, Jesus elsewhere said, a new command I give to you. He said to his disciples, what was it? Love one another. That's what Jesus said he wants. It's what God had always said he wants. Human beings learning to love one another in the same way that God has loved us. So we love God above all else, I think, by living lives of love towards our neighbor. Now that means, I'm nearly done, Uh, That means what we often call mission as, as churches, what we do out there for the world, mission, that is actually a central part of how we also grow in our own faith as disciples. What I'm saying is mission and discipleship are not two completely separate things. To be disciples ourselves, learners, it means, is to be a people learning to love others in the way that Christ has loved us. That's the point of discipleship. As it says here, to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves go hand in hand. I think this is important, by the way, for us as English speakers, because we tend to think of this word love as just a feeling, primarily. Often we often think of it as a romantic attraction and feeling. But if Jesus is right here, and he is right, by the way, Uh, then then love for God, love for God is not just a feeling. And we have to realize that we, we have a very limited word for love in English. I think there are three different words in Hebrew for love, and I think it's similar in Greek as well. Five. Yeah, in other words, in Hebrew and Greek, they understand love is a multifaceted thing. We just have one word. They had many. There's a lot of wisdom in that. Love for God. Is not just a feeling, it involves feelings, of course, of course it does, but it is a practical thing to love God. It means acting in a loving way towards our neighbor and towards ourselves. Jesus said, Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, of course, there are deep and powerful feelings and emotions around our love for God. We want to express our love for God in many different ways, but ultimately, Love is seen in how we live, isn't it? We know that in our human relationships, don't we? Our love is seen in how we treat one another. Jesus says that's also true in our relationship with God. We show our love for God by how we live our daily lives. So as we continue to think about this question of our purpose, why church, what's our purpose? Why do we do what we do over the coming weeks? Let's remember that what the things we do when we gather together in worship And the things that we do out there in the wider community are part of the same purpose. One mission, one great command from God that has two parts, Jesus says. The command is love. Love for God and love for others as for yourselves. Let let me just close with, Mary read it earlier, but I think Mark's version adds some really fascinating things. So let me just close with this. Here, Jesus answered, the most important command is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, the man replied to Jesus. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, all your understanding, all your strength, all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that the man had answered wisely, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You are not far from the kingdom of God. What is it Jesus taught us to pray? your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven that's our purpose